Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here and I believe that God has a word that will build your faith and that faith in God based upon his word will empower you to be the person that he has called you to be and to do the things that he has assigned for you to do. Praise God. Now, before we jump into today's message, let's take our Holy Bibles and go to a verse that I'm sure some of you are familiar with, but this verse is very timely. I want you to see it with your own eyes. Psalm 115, and we're going to go to verse 14. And I'm telling you that this is a very timely verse for you prophetically concerning the new year that you're going into or that you're already in and that is going to unfold in this way in your life. I need you to believe it with me. I want you to be using your faith to see this verse take you in the levels of blessing that you have never yet seen, but you're going to see them this year. And I'm not just talking about in October or November. I'm talking about you're going to see it start quickly working very powerfully in your life. Now, this is Psalm 115, verse 14. May the Lord give you increase. Now, if it had just stopped right there, that would have been marvelous, praise God. But there's more, because that's the nature of God. May the Lord give you increase more and more. Now, last year, in 2020, despite coronavirus, and despite all of the negativity and the uncertainty and the fear floating around in America and in the world, despite all of that, last year, this ministry had the most successful year that we've ever had. We had more growth. We had more outreach. We had more provision come in ever in the history of the ministry last year. We had tremendous growth, and we knew that God was going to do it. Why, Pastor Stephen? Because it's not based on luck or coincidences. It's not based on circumstances that could be negative that would be in the earth, because you're always going to have those. It's based upon a covenant, and that covenant will work for you regardless of what is taking place in the earth. I want you to believe that this year that you have now entered into is going to be the greatest year that you have ever had financially, and that you're going to see the Lord give you increase more and more. When you think that the Lord has given you increase and you think, wow, this is amazing. You know what God's going to do? He's going to turn around and give even more above that. The Lord is going to give you increase more and more. Now, what you need to do is set your faith in agreement with what God has spoken in his word, the prophetic anointing that is resting upon his word. And you need to do your part. You need to engage the financial covenant with the Lord on the, you need to engage God in finances on the platform of the covenant, which is rooted in tithes and offerings. Praise the Lord. We are commanded in scripture to honor the Lord by giving him the 10th. The tithe is the 10th of our income. We bring it into the storehouse. The storehouse is the place where you receive your spiritual nourishment. 
We bring it into the house of God. And by doing so, we obligate God to engage in the covenant. And God will back you and take care of you and not just meet your needs, but also touch those areas of heart's desires in your life. You're going to know the overflow this year in a way that you have never known it before. Now, along with the tithe, we also sow offerings. We give financial seed. And based upon that seed, a harvest can be reaped back. Praise God. And we thank God that the Holy Spirit leads us in the area of special offerings. So right now we're going to receive the holy tithes and the offerings. Praise the Lord. And they will be used in a very wise way to continue to spread the gospel and to expand the outreach of this ministry that is preaching and teaching the world, uh, the word all over the world. We're going to increase. We're going to do more this year than we've ever done before. And we're doing it in a very strategic way under the anointing and guidance of the Holy Spirit so that your dollar can go as far as possible, be used as wisely as possible, and make the maximum impact of building up the church around the world with good, solid teaching, as well as bringing the lost to Christ. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So this year is going to be a great year of increase for this ministry. And I know that you're going to experience great increase as well. Praise the Lord. See, Paul said, you are partakers of my grace when he spoke to his ministry partners. And I believe that the increase that's upon this ministry is touching your life as well. And this year, it's going to be different than anything you've ever experienced before. You are going into new, uncharted financial territory, regardless of the shakings, regardless of the economic famines that could be here or there. You're going to be walking in a covenant with the Lord, and you're like the salmon going upstream, even when the things of the world, the current is going downstream. You're going to go upstream. Mm -mm. Praise God. Now believe it. Believe it. Trust the Lord and honor Him with the tithe and with the offering. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you. As we bring the tithes and the offerings into your storehouse, we worship you, knowing, Father, that Jesus is the high priest of our faith, an eternal Melchizedek, and that he is still, right now, today, he is still receiving the tithes. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to have such stability in our finances. Praise God. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray and agree. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Again, 28654. If you would like, would like to bring them in online, it's very safe, very secure, highly encrypted. You can do so. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. And there on the website, on the homepage, there is a link, a tab that says give. It has a red heart. And you can click on that 
and bring your tithes and offerings in regardless of where you live in the world, you can go there and they would be sent right into the ministry storehouse. Praise God. Father, bless your people. Bless your people with increase more and more. Now, Father, we thank you for it. And this, this increase is going to overflow even as your word says, not only, not only to them, but to them and their children. We give you praise, Father. We give you praise that there's no lack in your kingdom. There is no lack. So we thank you, Father God. It's not like you're going to run out of the ability to bless. It's not like you're going to run out of money. We thank you, Father God, for endless supply. Now we rejoice in your provision in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take our Bibles and let's go over to the book of Ezra. We're going to be in Ezra chapter 8. Praise the Lord. We're going to start in verse 21. Praise God. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. I want to talk today about the revealing of heavenly messages. How you can slip into this realm of being able to pick these things up from God that you just need to know. Hallelujah. There are sovereign moments when the Lord chooses to visit you through a supernatural experience, but we don't want it to be something that's only once every 40 years. We would like for it to be something where, yes, we're always open to the sovereign moves of the Spirit of God, but also where we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit and be attentive to, to receive more frequent messages that requires a spiritual sensitivity in order to be able to pick up, especially when you really want to know. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we're going into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit, who was represented by the menorah, the lamps burning on top of the menorah there in the tabernacle and temple structure of the Old Testament, that that same light would burn today and give us illumination. Thank you, Father, the spirit of wisdom and revelation be given to our eyes of our understanding that we can understand your ways and walk in them. Thank you, Father God, on a well-illuminated path of truth. We rejoice in your word. Thank you for the ministry of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say amen. Praise God. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast. So this is not an individual fast. This is not just Ezra saying, I'm going to do some fasting. This is maybe what we would call a corporate fast. In other words, it's, it's not just for one person. It's for the whole group. I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God, who is we. We would be, in this case, the Jews in Babylon who are willing to go back to Jerusalem. And the Lord has stirred the heart of King Cyrus to allow them safe passage. Now, he's not sending armed guards with them or, a, or soldiers with them, but he is allowing them to go. And he is even releasing certain of the temple treasures that were taken in the captivity. He's allowing them to take that back. 
And not only is Ezra going with some good Israelites, but they've got priests and Levites in the group. This really is exciting. This, this is saying that, hey, we could get temple worship going again back in Jerusalem. Yes, that is the plan. So there's a lot riding on this journey. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Now, this is a long trip. This is actually 900 miles. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, I looked at it on a map, and it says it's only, you know, like 350 miles. Yeah, if you cut right through the middle of a desert, but nobody did that. You can't, you can't survive out in the middle of a desert like that. So you have to kind of skirt around the edges of it. So it was a 900-mile journey. Whoo! Stop and think about that just for a moment, the distance. And there were a lot of dangers involved. There were a lot of bandits and people that would ambush you and, and kill you and take your money, take, you know, just do bad things to you. Or, uh, it's just a lot of that stuff going on out in those areas that didn't have police, didn't have what we would call law and order. It's, it's you know, you just have to be tough and rugged and hope that you can get through. But on a journey that long, in a sense, with a lot of vulnerability, where you have women that are going and you're having, uh, you know, it's not like usually the priests and Levites are warriors, you know what I mean? So uh, you have a lot of vulnerability and you have some very wealthy objects too. And the king has loaded them up with provision. So they've got, they've got some gold, a pretty good amount of gold, and they're going out into the, the, this long journey. There's a lot riding on this journey. And as you're going into this year, as this year is beginning, may I suggest there's a lot riding on it. And I believe that if you set it up the right way, that not only will you get through the year and, as we would say, make it to Jerusalem, but I believe that you will reach your destination and that you will have lost nothing, but you will be refreshed and ready for the next assignment that the Lord has for you, and that you will be positioned to be in the glory. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. But it starts there by the river of Ahava with some humility. And one of the greatest expressions in Scripture of humility, it's not just prayer, but prayer combined with fasting. Now, I'm talking today about the revealing of heavenly messages. Praise the Lord. Verse 22. For I, Ezra, was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. And yes, my friends, there were enemies on the road, as I just mentioned. Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and this wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. In other words, 
Ezra had made some boasting before the king of how faithful and how God, uh, how good he, he really is. And while he's making that boast, he wants to make sure that uh, there's no room for error. So he's going to take extra precautionary measures, and he and the whole group are going to humble themselves before the Lord. Why? This is an extraordinary journey they're going on. My friends, this year is an extraordinary journey that you're about to start. I feel like I'm standing right now at the River Ahava talking to you. And when we get to Jerusalem, it's going to be great. But we've got a ways to go. And along the way, God's going to increase you. God's going to bless you. God's going to reveal himself to you. You're going to have quite a time. But I, I want you to know that humility is very important in the eyes of God. And when you walk in this realm of humility, there is a, there is a flow that you can get in where information from heaven reaches your spiritual ears, reaches your spiritual eyes that otherwise may have escaped you. And so we want to approach this in a, in a humble way. So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayer. Now, Pastor Stephen, what I would like for you to do there as you stand at the river Ahava, I would like for you to call a corporate feast together that we may all assemble and discuss the itinerary of the journey as we eat pizza and as we drink Coca-Cola and as we eat uh, cheesy garlic breadsticks and as we finish it off with uh, a healthful serving of ice cream and strawberry shortcake. And then, then we shall begin the journey. Well, there is a place for pizza parties. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy food. I have taste buds on my tongue just like you do. But there is something that when you humble yourself, particularly before the beginning of a journey, and as we're going on the journey into this new year that's fraught with dangers, and we're all, as we're already hearing about new strains of, of the COVID, COVID-21, and et cetera, and other types of things, governmental uncertainties, uh, rumors of wars, uh, what's Iran up to? Seems like they're building up that nuclear uh, arsenage again. Uh, a lot, lot, lot of things going on over there. Uh, uh, you know, so there's a lot cooking. And God's got big plans for you. So I would go into it humbly. Praise God. Mm -mm. You may want to consider, I would suggest that you do, some fasting with prayer. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Let's move over to verse 31. Then we departed from the river of Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. And remember, 900 miles. And the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy. I'm sure there were those that wanted to do them harm. I'm sure there were occasions where there was miraculous deliverance. But it says that he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from the ambush along the road. So we came to Jerusalem and stayed there three days. They made it, and so will you. My friends, let's take precautionary measures. 
let's go into this year with great faith. Let's go into this year with expectancy. Let's go into this year with vision of where we're supposed to go. They knew where they're hitting. They're hitting towards Jerusalem. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. We know where we're going. We're on task. We're on assignment. We are focused on expanding the kingdom of the Lord through the preaching of the gospel to all the nations. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we know that the Lord is going to bless us. Praise the Lord. But I do believe that there are ambushes that the enemy has already set. But I believe that as we walk with the Lord and dedicate the, the initial part of this year towards him, I believe that we're going to go right through everything. We're going to go right around it, right through it, become invisible, whatever the case might be. We're going to reach our destiny, and it's going to be the greatest year that we've had yet. Praise God. But my friends, I would ask you to consider setting some time aside before the Lord. Maybe you would like to fast and pray, maybe for three days, maybe for two days, maybe longer, maybe longer. It says here that they sought the Lord. And I believe that what they had carried out was a three-day time of fasting and prayer. Praise the Lord. It's good to humble ourselves before the Lord so that the Lord's blessing is there in its fullest potential. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue on now to the prophet Daniel. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the years, specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. What is Daniel doing? Well, he has read the scroll of the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had prophesied that the Israelites would go into captivity, and they did. Not only did he say, hey, you're going into captivity, told the king and to all, all the people, you're going to go into captivity. Uh, and they did. He even told them how long they would be in captivity for. Well, Daniel, being a scholar of Scripture, had read that, and he had understanding, oh, we're at that time. Woo! We're at that fulfilled time where the 70 years is up, and God's going to be doing some special things. So he set his face. In other words, he had a determination and a focus and he entered into prayer and fasting. Why? He wanted answers. He wanted further insight into what God was doing at that moment. Praise the Lord. And the Lord answered him. Let's go over now to verse 20. He continues. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God. That, of course, would be Jerusalem, Mount Moriah. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, 
being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. Now, the message again today is called the revealing of heavenly messages. If I would have titled this message fasting, very few people, I'm talking about very few Christians, would listen to it because there is a uh, there's something in our fleshly nature that abhors fasting. I can understand that. It's no fun to fast. So sometimes when we see fasting presented, there's an, there's an immediate pullback, almost like a, uh, a clamming up. Oh, I don't want to hear about that. But I want to come at it from a different angle, that if you will fast and pray, you make yourself very open to receiving heavenly messages. Why? Because your spirit becomes very tender and your spirit becomes very sensitive. I know that there are times when you're fasting that is absolutely no fun. You think about food. You missed, you, you, you miss not only the taste sensation, you even miss the texture of food. Uh, and all of that is good in the sense, because when you do eat later, you're just like, wow, food never tasted so good. But while you're going through that, and you do have those moments of what I would maybe call yucky days or yucky moments, yet at the same time, you will have those moments where your soulish fleshly nature becomes totally quiet totally still. It gets so still, it's like being out on a body of water, like a lake, when there's not one bit of wind, and you're like on a sea of glass, and everything is ultra calm and smooth. And that is what happens with your soul at times when you fast and pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You come into a realm where you can discern between spirit and flesh, and more importantly, uh, and it takes more fine-tuning, you come into a, a place where you can discern between spirit and soul. Hallelujah. Now remember, the soul can be very intertwined with the flesh, and the flesh can affect the soul. You could even pray soulish, fleshly prayers. But when you get real still and real quiet, and the, the word helps discern between the two. And the Holy Spirit is anointing that word. You can pick up clearly what's completely spirit. Mm -mm. And Daniel would get himself into those places. I'm here to encourage you to fast and pray and position yourself in those places. And then... It's very easy to yield to these heavenly encounters when they begin coming in your direction. Praise God. Let me give you an example of the difference between a man who prays and fast and somebody else who may have a deep reverence for God and love the Lord, but they don't. And I want to show you how remarkable the difference can be in receiving something from heaven. Let us continue with chapter 10. 
We're now in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of, of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. Now, he, he describes in between these verses a vision that appeared to him. A vision. There's three types of visions. The lowest level of vision, and when I say low, it doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't have quality to it. I would, uh, maybe a better phrase would be the most common type of vision would be a spiritual vision where your eyes are closed and maybe you're in prayer or you're relaxing and suddenly on the image screen of your mind, you begin to see something and you're not making it up. It's just, it's starting to like uh, unfold before you and you're seeing it. And if you open your eyes, it's not there. But if you close your eyes again, you're seeing it. Okay, that's a vision, but that is a spiritual vision. The next highest form of vision after a spiritual vision is what's called in the Bible a trance. And Peter talks about how he fell into a trance. And when you fall into a trance, when you go into a trance, you're not even aware of your physical surroundings in a sense. You're not aware what kind of shoes you have on. You're not even aware what clothes you're wearing. You're not aware of any of that. You're just over in the spirit suddenly. And that's what a trance is, the suspending of your physical senses, and you're completely over in the spirit. You don't even know if your eyes are open, closed, or anything like that. You're just in the spirit. The highest form of vision, the third type of vision, and there are three types of visions revealed in Scripture, the highest form would be an open vision, where with your eyes completely open, I'm talking about your physical eyes, the Lord is allowing you to see a spiritual vision through your physical eyes. So both elements are engaged, your physical eyesight and also your spiritual eyesight. I have had some open visions. They're, they're unforgettable. I've had open visions before when talking to people, and I can see uh, right into them, just like God can. It's, it's like the Lord is looking through me, he's using my eyes to look through me, and that's discerning the spirits. One of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, that gift is in manifestation when that happens. And it's very interesting when it happens when your eyes are open and you're, you're talking and they, they can't, they don't, they don't know that suddenly you're, you've become like a literal Superman where you have this x-ray vision and you could see right into their, you, you could see uh, the strongholds, you, you can see uh, whatever the Lord is showing you. It's, it's quite an interesting experience. And other times I've been able to see with my eyes open into the spirit realm and have seen uh, the glories of God, certain wonders of heaven and so forth, things along that line. Praise the Lord. But here we see that the prophet Daniel, he alone saw the vision. Why? Because he's the one that's really pressing in with the fastings and the prayer and his spirit is just more highly developed. You could say it's, it's more sensitive, just like in the natural, you can lift weights 
And you can get very, very strong in the natural. You can get real strong in the natural. Well, you can do that with your spirit. You can develop your spirit where you're stronger in your spirit than somebody else. Mm-mm. Even as a believer, yet yeah, you could develop your spirit real strong. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Well, the other men, while they did not have that development to see that vision, they still could sense this incredible presence, a holy, awesome presence that had just come on the scene. Now, when angels come directly from heaven into the earth realm with a message for you, they are saturated with that atmosphere of heaven. It can make you feel like your knees are about to give out. It can make you feel like your legs are about to give out. There have been times I've just completely fallen literally to the ground. I couldn't stand up. Why? They are carrying the very atmosphere of heaven. It's on them. It, it's, it's the glory of God that's on them. And so when they come to deliver the message, they are enveloped in that glory, that heavenly atmosphere, and it's permeating off of them. And it's, uh, it's coming into you. It's touching you. It's affecting you. <laughs> um, you, you could begin to suddenly feel like you're inebriated. You just feel light and you start losing strength. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8, therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Some of you are going to have these types of encounters. Now, when you fast and pray, you cannot force God to grant you a vision. You cannot force the Holy Spirit to move. But having said that, when you fast and pray, you do position yourself in a much better position to receive the opening of the supernatural, the ability to see or, to see or hear in the spirit realm, the ability to taste, touch, or smell in the spirit realm. So this is a, posi a positioning. I've known quite a few people that, that have had a struggle in receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But when I've instructed them, or instructions are given, go fast for three days, and then come back, and let's take it from the top. Then they come back, and I do a little more teaching. It's much, much easier for them to receive. The same thing also if you're, if you're struggling to receive a healing. And you know the Scriptures, and you know the promises of God. And maybe you're even in a, a meeting. There's a strong healing and anointing. But yet, it's just that the anointing's not connecting. What's going on? Well, I would encourage, I would encourage some extra time be set aside for prayer and fasting. And then after that, then come into a meeting. And you'll just be like, wow, this is amazing. I remember when I was in my mid-20s, I had just been filled with the Holy Spirit about a year earlier, and I went to a meeting with a world-famous evangelist, and when he was ministering in the service, when he would, he would take his hand and say, receive, and I could see my eyes opened up in the Spirit, and when he would say, receive, or when he would say, take it, I could see waves of white, it's, it seemed like it was liquid, 
white glory come out of his hands and go over the people. And one time he turned to one segment of the audience and he said, those of you over here, he said, stand up. And he said, get ready. The Holy Spirit's going to come over you. And he said, receive. And when he said, receive, I saw come out of his hands that white anointing. It was like glory coming out. And as it hit the people, they would fall. Now, the people couldn't see it uh, uh, unless you, your eyes are open and you were, you were picking that up. You, you couldn't see it. Why? Because this is the spirit realm. But they would not fall until it hit them. But the moment it would kind of like, it was like a wave. The moment it would hit them, they would fall. Praise the Lord. Well, maybe they couldn't see it, but I'm, I'm sure they could sense it because when it would hit you, whoosh, it'd just go over you and whoo, and go into you. And it would, uh, and in situations like that, the, the easiest way to receive that is just, just kind of go with it. Just lay back. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision. And no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. By the way, when I went into that meeting and saw that vision, I saw all the Holy Spirit moving in all of these ways because my eyes, spiritual eyesight had opened up. I had fasted for five days with no food, just juice, no food at all, just mainly orange juice. Orange juice, drinking orange juice every day. And went into that meeting, wasn't expecting anything to happen, but I was just like, Wow, I was like, I, I, I could see all of these things going on in the spirit realm. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Verse 9, yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. And then he goes on to talk about a hand touching him. So there is seeing, and then there is hearing, and then there is the, uh, the sense of touch. All of these natural senses experiencing in the spirit realm. Praise the Lord. And so when you fast and pray, you just make yourself much more sensitive to be able to being able to respond when that anointing is there. You'll pick up on it. When others that don't pray, they don't really devote themselves to the Lord, uh, they won't pick up on it at all. And you'll pick up on it. You, you'll absolutely pick up on it. Praise the Lord. Now, there is a place in my life, and let me preference this by saying it's different for everybody, but there's a, there's a place in my life as a minister where when I fast and pray, and I reach a certain day, and it's not day one, and it's not day two, but there is a place where I reach a certain day, I kind of s- slip into this realm where th- this stuff starts opening up. And I could, I could sense with fine detection the flow of the Holy Spirit. I could literally sit in a meeting, and I can tell whether or not the Holy Spirit likes the song that's being sung. And there's times I can sense He doesn't like the song. Oh, Pastor Stephen, God loves all of our worship. God loves, look, you get in the Spirit, and you'll realize uh, there is a lot of mixture Sometimes in our services where we can have a lot of uh, human effort and human zeal uh, all mixed in with trying to serve and trying to please the Lord. And we think it's all wonderful and God loves us, but a lot of it can be childish. A lot of it can be in the flesh. A lot of it can have good intentions, but it's, 
it's just totally off the mark. It's not the song. It's not the moment. It's not the message. It's it, and, and there can be other times where you're hitting it and you're all in. Well, what happens when you're, you're hitting it? You're in the flow. Well, the, the glory, the presence of the Lord will begin to come in. But that's very, very real. I, I talked with uh, a worship leader, and um, they, they had decided, along with the pastor of that church, to just do a, like an all-day worship service and just worship the Lord. And uh, so they, they just went all day long, all day long. And it was nice. You could sense the Lord's presence. But nothing that you would call still extraordinary happened until right when they got to the last song and they, they decided let's push and give God one more song. <clears throat> We've been singing songs to him all day long. Let's make one more push. We're all wore out. All of our voices are tired. Our fingers are tired from guitars and we're all tired. Let's give one more song. And the worship leader launches into one more song. And the pastor said he was sitting there and he's picking up, no, that's not the song. That's not the song that the Holy Spirit wanted. And so he just, he kind of just like finally broke in and told the worship leader and said, no, that, that's not it. Sing this one. And they all started singing that one song. And when they sang that song, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, walked into the room. And it, uh, well, one of the first things that happened is that one of the worship leaders who was standing on the platform ran and jumped behind the piano. I mean, Jesus walked in a vision. You couldn't, you couldn't see him unless, of course, you, your eyes went into a vision. But you could sense that phenomenal presence. He walked into the room. And it, it was, uh, from then on, it was, it was off the charts. Everything was off the charts. It was an unforgettable moment, unforgettable moment for everybody in that meeting. Praise the Lord. But yes, you, you could be singing a song that, I, I mean, I'm not saying you, we should like just let's sing, sing, sing a song about Mickey Mouse because it doesn't matter if God's not on it. No, it's just tried, tried to pick up that flow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, now, we've already got it all planned out. That, and, and that's good to have planning. But the planning preferably should be made with prayerful consideration. Thank you, Jesus. There are let me see if I can say this the right way. Praise God. I've been in, because I've done so much itinerant ministry, countless meetings in churches all over America and around the world. There are some worship leaders, particularly if the worship leader is also the pastor, where they feel like uh, if there's a special audience, maybe it's a special event, they feel like that's their moment to show off their, their ability to do music really well. And they'll present all the songs that they wrote. And they, they're basically trying to give a demonstration of how developed their worship team is. And they're not even thinking about what does God want to hear. They just want to show the people what they can do. And uh, having to come up and minister after that. It's, you're just starting from ground zero. That's really what you're having to do because all it was was a production. That's all it was. It was just a production. And God looks at it and smiles and he appreciates their heart. He appreciates their effort. But was it pure incense rising up before him? No, not at all. Not at all. Praise God. But you know what? You can't even filter that stuff out. 
if you're in the flesh all the time. And I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. Most people that do these things deeply love the Lord. But you, you can't even pick up on uh, where it splits if you're not endeavoring to move into that deeper walk with the Lord. But there is a day that it, whenever I fast and pray, when I get into this certain day right around it, it all starts opening it up. And I can sit in a meeting, and I can tell instantly, instantly, the Holy Spirit likes this song, he, and Jesus is being glorified in this song. That's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. He's trying to get the worship to go to Jesus, and to the Father, in the name of Jesus. So He's trying to help us, you know, go in the right direction. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. And when, when you get into that realm, you can tell you can tell the authentic. You can tell the difference between gold and brass. Woo! And I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about uh, everything that's said. And it's amazing. In meetings like that, when I get into that realm, even if it's not a meeting, just walking in that, you know, even if I'm not ministering, if somebody gives a tongue and they, they have a message in tongues, instantly, Instantly, that, that, that interpretation just starts coming to me. No struggle. Oh, we've got to make something up. We've got to cover that person. They gave a public tongue. Boy, somebody, I sure hope somebody's got the interpretation. It just whoop, comes. No strain. No struggle. Just stand up or sit there and say, this is what the Lord said through that. And give that tongue, that tongue interpretation. And everybody, the moment they hear it blessed, everybody know that was like a glove fitting over a hand perfectly. Praise God. Praise God. But this, this realm eludes a lot of God's people because they, they never stop at the river Ahava and take time to humble themselves. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I've, I've got this. No problem. I've got this. God, stand back and watch me. Woo! Uh, they, look, all I'm saying, there's a lot of ambushes. There are enemies that are very real threats. I think we should give God our best. We should trust the Lord. Not, we're not going to be in fear. But let's just humble ourselves. Look to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to make it Jerusalem. We're going to do everything God's called us to do. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm, mm. Get ready for your spiritual journey. Get ready to seek the Lord. Acts chapter 13 Verse 1, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Notice that's in your Bible. They ministered to the Lord. And they also fasted. Praise God. What does it mean to minister to the Lord? Just take some time aside to spend time worshiping the Lord. Lord, we love you. Think about these mighty men all together worshiping God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We bless you. And setting time aside just to honor the Lord, worship God, and do it with fasting. Mm -mm. When you do things like that, you are positioning yourself, like Daniel did, like Ezra did, to receive heavenly insight, heavenly 
messages, things that you need to know, getting through to you, praise God, that otherwise may have eluded you if you had not made those preparations, if you had not taken that position of humility. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Then having fasted and prayed. Well, let me finish verse two. As a minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now set apart to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit said, well, how did he say that? Did somebody stand up in that group with a prophetic utterance and say, the Holy Spirit says we need to do this? Perhaps. Or maybe he spoke to the three, and the three all got it at the same time and said, we need to lay hands on these two because God wants to send them out. So there's different ways that it could have come. But the main thing is, is that that word came. And they were in a position of fasting and prayer, and they received a beautiful heavenly message. Praise God. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And thus, the apostolic ministry of Paul, of Barnabas, is launched, where previously they had walked in the teaching ministry, previously having walked in prophetic ministry, now being separated by the Holy Spirit into the apostolic ministry and commissioned by God and acknowledged by leaders, they are sent out. It makes all the difference in the world when the Lord sends you as compared to when you endeavor to send yourself. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so I would say position yourself to minister to the Lord. But prayer, with fasting, and watch what God will do. Again, you can't make the Lord say something, but I believe there are things that He wants to share. Sometimes it comes during the time of prayer and fasting. Other times, the Lord can speak afterwards when the fast has been completed. But either way, position yourself to receive these messages. Wow, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-mm. I think we set aside these times, especially when we sense there is an essential message that God wants to get to us. There's something in this season we need to know. And it's times like that you make special allocation for time spent with the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 27 Let's go down to verse 21. Well, verse 20. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat upon us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. They're out in the middle of the Mediterranean. They're in the middle of a storm, and it's a roller coaster of a ride up and down, sideways, this way, that way, and looked like they were going to die. Because the storm was not abating. But after long abstinence from food. Pastor Stephen. This looks like a forced fast. Yep. No need to eat anything. You're just going to feed the fish if you do. What that means you get seasick. Because it's just too difficult. 
and nobody can cook because it's it's total pandemonium. You just all you can do is lay down and try to ride this storm out. And it looked like they were all going to die. Now, what does the Bible, which is the inspired word of God, consider a long fast to be? And I'm not saying that you need to do a long fast. But what would the Bible consider a long fast to be? Verse 21, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of, of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Well, even though it was a forced fast, Paul just used it for the benefits of fasting and prayer to position himself to hear from God concerning this crazy situation that he's in. And he can't, he can't control it. He can't help it that he was taken along for the ride. He tried to say, hey, this is not a good idea. This is a terrible idea. We're going to lose everything, even if our li- potentially losing our lives if we do this crazy trip. They took the trip anyhow. They overrode him. But now, because of the fast that they had to go through, Paul just said, well, might as well use it for good. And he fasted and, and he prayed. And sure enough, sure enough, he received heavenly insight. A message from heaven. And look, I believe that if you will position yourself, that God will share things with you that are important for you to know. Praise God. Mm-mm. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sell with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. And of course, all of that came to pass. Now, verse 27. Now, when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors since they were drawing near some land. Okay, so they were still on that ship, no food, 14th night. So somewhere from when Paul had stood up and said, that after a long absence from food, that's when he stood up. And then between that 14th night, it could have been somewhere between 10 and 14 days. That is what the Bible describes as a long fast, a long abstinence from food. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, that would have to be 40 days. No, I consider anything over 10 days to be a long fast. Anything for sure over uh, right around 14 days, that is what the Bible calls long Abstinence from food and abstinence from food is a fast. Mm-mm. Praise God. Anything over 14 days for sure is a long fast. If you're thinking about doing that and you've never done something like that before and you're not sure, maybe you have some health issues or something like that, please get advice from your doctor, get insight and counsel from your doctor. Praise God. I uh, do have a pastor friend that he was on some heavy medications and he did a fast, a water fast only. He did not advise his doctor, even when he was on these real powerful drugs. But he did a fast. And while he was on that fast, he, he collapsed and passed out. As he fell down and collapsed to the floor, his mouth hit the, 
the kitchen countertop. Uh, it was a granite countertop, and it knocked his front teeth loose. And uh, the, eventually somebody found him, and the paramedics, the ambulance came and took him to the hospital. And he actually died on the way. He went flatlined, and they died, and they did some things to, you know, pump his heart, shock his heart, and they brought him back. And uh, eventually he was, you know, resuming his ministry. But he had also talked to his doctor. And the doctor said, oh, you should have told me that you were going to do a water fast because that had a wild effect on your body with these drugs that you were taking. And that's what caused you to pass out and go into this shock. And, you know, he basically, you know, died, so to speak. But uh, just check on things, not to make anybody afraid. But if you have health issues, uh, you need to get some good advice from a doctor on that, especially if you're going to do a long fast, which is anything 14 days or longer. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, side note, that pastor told me that after he resumed his health and he's ready to go back and start preaching again, he got back in the pulpit and he was preaching. And right in the middle of his message, the teeth that he had busted on the countertop while he was preaching to the people, the teeth fell out and fell on the ground. And uh, somebody picked them up and wrapped them up in the napkin. I think they were able to stick them back in later, you know, through the dentist doing or gave him some implants or something. I'm not sure. But uh, he was quite a quite a preacher. Kept on going. Didn't even stop. Praise the Lord. He thought, thought it was funny. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, my friends, when you fast and pray, even if you're in a situation where you don't want to fast, but you end up having to do that like Paul did, might as well use it for good and just pray and position yourself because you get very, very sensitive to the spirit realm. Mm -mm. Especially where you're on a ship in the middle of the storm and there's nothing else to do. Just drop the sails, throw everything overboard, and tie yourself down on your, on your cot in your little cabin so you don't roll off with the violent waves and just lay there and just pray. Yeah, you'll get real calm. You get real quiet. All you're going to hear is the wind and the thunderous waves breaking against the ship. And, uh, you know, it's either hear that or hear God. Praise the Lord. But just spend time with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. I see you merging into this realm. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Praise the Lord. You have to rise up and take it. Your spirit has to dominate the flesh. Praise the Lord. The flesh will put up a fight. There can be violence. There can be this internal combustion where you feel like, Lord, are you even hearing my prayers? Lord, I'm just going through agony. You, you'll get through that. You, you'll eventually Press through that, and you'll get into a place of quietness and peace. But you need to stay consistent until you get out there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Years back, I was doing a fast. It was a little more like a Daniel fast. I did eat a few things, but it was hardly anything. It was basically what I could put in my hand, and it was only one meal a day. And it was just pretty much something that I could hold in my hand. Could be some almonds. Uh, it could have been like uh, maybe uh, just something real small, but that was it. Outside of that, I would just drink liquids. And so I was losing a lot of weight. 
I was also traveling as we were doing international trips. At that time, we were in Germany, and we were doing meetings in Berlin. And on the 22nd day, the 22nd day, I was still fasting, but I was, I was in agony. Up, uh, now, before then, it's not like a fast was fun, but I was working my way through it. And I, and I got past 21 days, and on day 22, I was in agony. I felt like, Lord, I am so hungry, and I've, I've done pretty well up until now, but unless you do something with your grace, I'm going to have to go out and eat because I, all I can think about is food, and I, I'm just really hungry. And while I was in a little bitty uh, washroom, a little bitty mini uh, laundry area, uh, it, the area was so small, I had to crawl on my hands and knees to get into it. It was very funny. But I was in there because it was real, real quiet and peaceful. And there was a door I could close because we were staying in an apartment flat. And I wanted a quiet place where I could pray. And while I was in there, the Lord Jesus came to me. And he stood before me in a vision. And I could see him standing. And he, and he came up and talked to him. And he, he was smiling when he came to me. And it, the first thing he said, I would like for you to start eating again. And I knew, okay, well, that's why the... I'm so hungry because the grace has slipped because the fast is over. And he basically let me know that he had heard my prayers. But you know what? You cannot force a vision. You cannot force a supernatural encounter. And I can't promise you that if you'll fast and pray, you're going to see Jesus like I did. But I can say this, that if you will seek the Lord with fasting and prayer like Ezra did, there will be reward that will come out of that. The Lord will cover you, protect you, and bless you. And who knows? Maybe you will have a supernatural encounter. Maybe you will catch something in the spirit that, that you never would have caught before if you had not taken the time to get very sensitive and quiet before the Lord. Praise the Lord. But one thing I can say for sure is that the Lord will reward you and bless you. Now, there's different types of fasting and prayer. There is the fasting and prayer where uh, you pray, you go into your, your prayer closet, you close the door. People are not really aware of your private devotional prayer life. And then there's fasting where you, you don't let people know. You wash your face like Jesus said. You, you're not like the Pharisees going around telling people you're fasting and stuff like that. So there's the private prayer, uh, private prayer and private fasting. But as we see in other times in Scripture, there is uh, times when you do it publicly. And uh, there's public prayers. There's public fasting, like Ezra demonstrated, and there's, you know, there's public giving, public offerings, like Moses demonstrated. Whoever wants to bring an offering of gold or silver or these various gems or various colors that are needed. Uh, and so that was all public. So there's private giving. There's public giving. There's private prayer, public prayer, private fasting, public fasting. Praise the Lord. But I sense in my heart a gathering by the river of Ahava, that the journey has begun. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're walking by faith. If you, wanna, if you want to do some fasting and prayer, that's between you and the Lord. But if you want to just know, hey, you know, uh, I'm, so that you're not the only one out there, send me an email, contact at stephenbrooks.org. And just say, uh, Pastor Stephen, I'm doing some fasting right now. I'm I'm on my way on a spiritual journey as well, and uh, just letting you know, and just letting heaven know that I'm making this journey, and I'm not alone. Praise God, and I'll pray for you. 
I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean that you need to fast for 21 days or 40 days, whatever, but whatever you feel led to do, whether it's three days or two days, make a commitment and then stick with it until you cross the finish line. Having said that, I do sense in my heart, there will be some that will go further, that will go uh, 21 days. Some may go further than that. Some may go 30 days. It's amazing. Don't ever underestimate the grace of God. It is absolutely amazing what it can do. I have seen people that are champion eaters that have never, ever missed a meal in their life for anything. They've never missed three meals a day, have never missed one meal in their life ever. I've seen God's grace touch them, and I have seen them go 21 days with no food as they pray and fast and seek the face of God. And I think, Lord, that is one of the most amazing demonstrations of your grace. Because I, I know these people that have, that have done it. Champion eaters. And just there's, there's no way they could even give up one meal. But yet, they would start the journey at the river Ahava. And the next thing you know, they have gone 21 days. It's incredible. It's, uh, I, I, know, I know one that's doing it right now. Champion eater. Incredible eater. Uh, I've been at meals with him, and uh, he could eat. He could eat for four people. It's incredible. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. But he loves God. He loves God, and somehow he he contacts that grace, and he just goes from glory to glory, goes from blessing to blessing. Praise the Lord. Keeps on moving along the path that God has for him. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for your people that are listening, that are watching, giving heed to your word, that whatever they're supposed to do, and maybe, maybe they don't even really know how long they want to go, but they'll just start, and then that grace will pick them up. Kind of like in Star Wars, they get caught in that tractor beam that pulls them along. They get in that, that flow of your spirit, and they merge into it, and they're like, Okay, this is not a cakewalk, but I, I'm in it, and I'm up, and I'm, I'm making progress. Father, just let them come along. Just let them come along. And we give you praise for beautiful demonstrations of your grace to get us through it and to get us to the place that we're supposed to be, the conclusion of it. And we thank you also that you're going to hear our prayers. And we thank you during these times you're allowing us to slow everything down to the speed of accuracy where we make right decisions, where we focus on the right prayer objectives, and where we get our lives in beautiful harmony and order. Now, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for the guidance of your Holy Spirit and the strength of your word as we step into it now. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Praise the Lord. If you're doing some form of fasting, just shoot me a contact. Let me know so I can be praying for you. Praise the Lord. Contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you could do all the fasting. You can do all types of uh, jumping through religious hoops, but there is only one means of salvation, and that is through putting your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because He's the only one that has paid the penalty for, for sin and spiritual death. And when you put your faith and trust in Him, 
your sins are washed away and you receive his new life within your heart. If you would like to make a decision right now to receive Christ as your Savior, pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but right now I give my life to you. I fully surrender my heart to you. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me right now. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you now as my Savior and Lord. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise be the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, let us take Holy Communion together. I know many of you will be getting uh, your stepping off point from the Ahava River. Praise God. It's a good thing to take communion before you start. Praise the Lord. So grab some unleavened bread and grab some grape juice and let's pray. Father, we hold the bread and the juice in our hands. We now pray and set this apart as being consecrated and holy. This is now the body and the blood of Christ our Savior. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive your promises and we receive your principles found in your word. We thank you for strength to operate in your principles. And Father, we thank you that we see fasting throughout your scriptures. And so we want to implement that into our lives. And Father, we know that there are some things that if we wait until we feel like doing it, we're never going to do it. So Father, we implement it because it's principles of ways that we are to govern our lives. So we choose to step into this and merge into this. And we thank you that we are trusting for your grace to pull us along, to take us further. And we thank you that we believe it will be there as we receive the body of Jesus now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake. Praise the Lord. This year is going to be quite an adventure. This is the, going to be the most exciting year of your life. Get ready. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we have committed any sins, that you would forgive us of our sins and wash them away. We thank you, Father, that our sins and iniquities you remember no more. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, and we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We ask that you would lead us away from temptation. We ask that you would deliver us from the evil one, his snares, his plots, his plans. We ask that you would deliver us, keep us safe. Now, Father, thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, can I go to heaven without fasting? Of course you can. You can go to heaven without giving. You can go to heaven without praying. You're saved by grace through faith. It's not something that you earn. But we operate in principles so that we can step into the fullness of all that God has for us. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. And in closing, let me share this. While Paul mentioned being caught up into the third heaven, and while many theologians give a kind of like a intellectualized 
explanation of what that means, saying that the first heaven is right here, the atmosphere, the air that we breathe. Second heaven is a little higher up where the airplanes fly. The third heaven is outer space, reaching into the realm of heaven itself. From, from my perspective, the first heaven is the realm of heaven that is the realm where most of the saints live at. It's where the majority of the saints live at. It's phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's glory that's just perfect. It's the perfect place. But there is the second heaven, and that's the next place that you go up to where you had many people that served God, and they had a heart for the Lord while they were on the earth. And they are able to walk in that realm of the second heaven and they can function there because the glory is brighter. But there is another realm that is the third realm of heaven, which is the realm of those who just, they just laid their lives down completely for the Lord while they were on the earth. Some were martyred, others are living martyrs. And it doesn't mean that you are an apostle or prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, but it means you're a person, you just lived your life all out for God. You, 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 it's, it was God, you were consumed by the, by the Lord, his purposes and his kingdom agenda. So you have those that gave all emptied their whole hearts out. Those are the ones that walk in that realm of the third heaven. And that, that is glory. It's a level of, of brilliance that those on the first level, they, they can't, they can't go up there. Doesn't mean they can't see God. Doesn't mean they don't know God. But that, that's a realm that is just, um, it's so brilliant. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. When your life is over, you're not going to have an opportunity to relive it again. There's always something going on on the earth. There's always the pulling of your attention. And there's always food. It, there, there's always Something that would say, don't start a fast now. It's not convenient. Could you please show me a time when it is convenient? I mean, unless you're Apostle Paul on a ship out in the middle of a sea and the whole kitchen's shut down, you can't eat anyhow. Well, then, okay, then maybe we could start some fasting. Now you're forced to do it. But outside of that, there is no convenient time. There's always an appointment. There's always somebody to meet. There's always a, uh, you know, so you're just going to have to work that principle into your life. But as you do, and as you get into that flow, and as you get into that realm, and as you have the glory moments, you'll begin to see what it's all about. Praise God. And it, nothing would make me happier as a minister who's a minister of the word to see you live a life. That when your life is over, because you followed biblical principles, you're up there. Praise God. That's determined now, not later. That's set in this realm, not later. Later, oh, oh if I'd have known, I, I would have really would have lived my life different. You know, now you know. Praise God. And whether you're taught that or not, that's the way it works. Praise the Lord. See, I'll never forget sitting in high school in the bleachers, senior class, 
And everybody's in the bleachers on this side. In the middle, you have the basketball court because it's gymnasium. On the other side, you've got the other, ble the, uh, the other bleachers are all empty. And the, the principal gets in the middle of the basketball court with a microphone and a little, you know, platform, a little, little like pulpit type thing. It says, uh, now we're going to start handing out the awards. And I thought, awards? I didn't know there were going to be any awards. And so I, I'm sitting there as a high school senior. And he says, the award for chemistry goes to so-and-so. Come on down. Somebody comes out of the stands and uh, gets his award, goes to the other side. Now, the award for mathematics goes to so-and-so. Come on down. He goes to the other side. The award for this, the award for that. And before you know it, there's people on the other side, and the rest of us just sitting over here. Oh, we all graduated. We all graduated. But there's, there's, there's awards. There are things available for those that put extra effort and went all out in the moment. Praise God. So for the Lord, you may never in fullness receive his reward down here in the sense where people applaud you. Hey, you, you did really good. We're going to allow you a special parking spot here at the front of the grocery store. You may never get that for leading somebody to Christ down here. Probably won't. But there will come a day. There will come a day when the awards will be passed out and the angels are super accurate. 100% accurate in record keeping. And I want to see you go as high as you can. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Praise, praise God. Father, bless your people. Let this message go into their spirit. And let them act by the leading of your Holy Spirit in response. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, for opening up that realm. And for messages from you getting through to us that are necessary for us to know. We give you all of the praise. We thank you for understanding and wisdom coming in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week, and I look forward to hearing from those of you that would like to do some fasting as well. Shoot me that email, and I'll be praying for you. God bless you. Bye-bye.